0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Winbet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of when Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your free, risk, $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com to start winning. Ah, yes, what's good, everybody, and welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Hope you guys all had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Week 16, Happy Fantasy Playoffs, Happy What's Up 4-1 against the spread once again, congrats. This episode is a old recording. When I was out in Vegas for the first time, linking up with my guy Will Blackman, former 12-year NFL DB Played for the Jaguars, the Packers, the Washington football team, the New York Giants, Super Bowl champion. And it was the first time that we linked up. We've been working together for a couple of months on a podcast called Upsets and Underdogs, which over there you get the pro, the pro athlete and the sports better. And that dynamic, it's been really fun working with Will, getting to know him more. Getting to learn about the game, man. Because something that we talk about on this episode is, yo, there's levels to this. And for as much as I feel like I know football, there's levels. And uh, it it was really cool to get to link with him and to talk to him. And we talk a lot about his playing career, playing for the Giants, uh, coming back from ACL surgery, a little MMA versus boxing debate. He's a big boxing guy. I'm a big MMA guy and also what phase two of his career, which he's in now of being a professional athlete going into the media world where he's had hits on Colin Cowherd's show. He's working with Blue Wire on Upsets and Underdogs. And it's been cool, man. Will's my guy. I appreciate him. All the stuff that he's done for me. I hope you guys enjoy this episode at Will Blackman is where you can find him at Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for the show at Nick Day is 10 is where you can find me. Oh, almost forgot. You could have heard this episode last week if you're a member of the Patreon. Next week's episode, you can catch on the Patreon now. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum
2: and we'll catch you guys later. For real this time. Veterans Minimum. I hate seeing that. I made Vet Minimum last year. (laughs) (laughs)
1: We're here in the building. My guy, <laughs> Super Bowl champion,
2: Will Blackman. What, what up? It, what a dude, man. What a dude. I was laughing because I was like veteran's minimum. I remember negotiating deals they're like, look, you're going to get veteran's minimum. So I kind of got like PTSD looking at this damn logo. It's it's the play <laughs> on words in the in the sports world, man. It is. What's the deal? I'm happy to finally be on your show. Look yeah. at this. You got the big logo on the back. I got, I got the fresh gear upstairs. It's funny. A lot of my
1: buddies have been like, yo, how come you haven't asked Will to be on your show? I was like, I want to get Will on the show in person. I don't want to do the whole over webcam kind of thing. Though the dynamic is dope, in person is just way better. I feel you.
2: So I'm uh, listen, this is your show. I'm not talking. So Dude, I'm listening to
1: you. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, right? I got I've done, I've done thousands of podcasts in my life. This is the first time I talked to someone that won a championship for one of my favorite teams. How about that?
2: How's but that? that? But it's like, but it's like legit, like your like your team. Yeah, not no, like a favorite team. Like I have favorite teams. This is like your team. Nah, though.
1: number one draft pick overall, New York Giants. Boom. And you know about this? You see me stressing every time we do the show when they're You're losing. Stressing every game. time
2: you were stressing today because Mike Glennon got knocked out, so now you have no quarterbacks. Logan yeah. Ryan. Prayers, prayers, and <laughs>
1: and help. That's what we need, dude. Tell me a little bit about that season, man. You were telling me before when we linked up and we were hanging out watching the game. Another thing I want to say. I feel like I know football. You're casually just watching the game and you're like eating your chicken wings. And you're like, oh, run to the right. Boom, run to the right. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, he's going to do like an outcut, outcut. Out, cut, out cut. And I was
2: like, man, there's levels. There's I, was, levels. I was I I was, was chilling with my feet up in the room eating wings and calling out plays. <laughs> Yo, that was... It's like... I'll
1: watch a game sometimes, and then <laughs> I'll, I'll notice something, and I might call it out once every like, you know, twenty yeah, thirty plays. Yeah, you see tendencies, and right? Shit you and see stuff tendencies. Like you see a certain guy coming in motion. Right, You've right, seen that right. play before, but for you to just do it on like a whole drive, you call like four out of four and five plays was pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, that's but that's just how I watch football, man. I um, I watch it like I'm studying a film. Like towards the towards the second half of my career, um, like year seven and on. I, I really, really learned like how to watch film, and so now, and I, not only learned, but I became obsessed with watching film. So now, when I watch it, I just, I'm so used to like situational football because that's that's the NFL. The NFL is all situational football. Everybody wants the same plays offensively, defensively, special teams. So it's just situation. Then you know the coordinator, you know the tendencies, you know the formations, you know the down distance, you know the clock, you know all these things. And so when I was when I would watch film and study, you have to study enough so that you can process those things in a matter of like three seconds. So right, you're like, okay, play's over. Then you're like, all right, what down is it? Okay, it's third and third and seven. Okay, third and seven. You're kind of like, okay, we're probably gonna. They need to get to the stick, so mm-hmm. we, we might run some pressure here. You know because. They need more time to throw this football. So then you get the call, whatever they call a pressure, as you expect it is a man pressure, is a zone pressure, you know, is it a little bit of both? And then, boom, you get the call. Well, no, then you see what personnel they're in, how they're lining up. Well, no, well, who's in the game? Is it uh, is it is a twelve personnel, which is one runner back, two tight ends, or is it is it eleven personnel, which is three receivers, one tight end, one runner back? So that gives you situation what they're going to do you know depending on so you you have you get all that stuff before you line up and you got to do that in what 20 25 seconds no you got to do that in like three or five because they lined up that's right so you get the call and you line up so then you know if you're maybe if you're matched up you got to find your guy if you're not matched up you go to your side then you're looking around observing go through the cadence if somebody motions or shifts then it changes your call maybe a tight end Goes to the complete other side, what, called tight end trade. That changes the whole strength of the formation. So now the calls completely change. Dog is nuts. And then the ball snaps. Let's go. And then you got to do it again. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: For three hours, bro. What changes? What what changed that made you understand Phil more?
2: Year six, seven. Like because I wasn't making any plays, and I was I was trying to I was trying to make plays just based off pure athleticism. You know, because my my numbers were off the charts in terms of what I did athletically, and I can play any position. But if you want to be effective, you have to study because mm. they're studying you. So they're finding ways to get a chink in your armor. You got to find a ways. It's literally a chess match because you, that's you have film, so everybody knows what's going on. You know, so for me, it was like, man, I need to figure this thing out. And I remember my teammate at the time in Green Bay, Charles Woodson. He was making plays. But he wasn't even practicing. He was going to say, you got to practice, you got to practice, you got to practice. Charles did not practice my first year in Green Bay, and he went to the damn Pro Bowl. <laughs> I think he had like seven to eight picks, something like that. And so I remember the next year he wasn't practicing again, but he was still making plays. And I'm like, I don't know how he's doing it. I said, I'm going to figure this thing out. Let me go. Let me go watch film. So I go back to the facility one day on my own at night. It was like 7 30 and i go into the the uh the defensive back room and somebody left the projector on because i saw the blue light but apparently somebody was changing um whatever they were watching and i go in and it's charles charles is in there at 7 30 watching tape and he said hey come have a seat you know i'll show you some things i was like yeah i'm gonna sit down
1: now this is this this is when you saw him not practicing
2: yeah so this is my second year in the nfl okay and he showed me how to watch he he I saw him watching film at night when everybody was gone. And he sat down. He said, Hey, sit down. I'll show you some stuff. So he was showing me like ten- tendencies. He was showing formations and plays. And he, he kind of came up with like, Hey, if I see a play on film that jumps up three times, if I see that matchup in the game, he said, I'm just going to jump it. I'm going to play the tendencies, mm. right? I'm going to jump the route. So if they run this same play every time on third and three, third and three, and I see it show up in, like, four different games, on, and they run, third and three they run this, let's say, Dragon, which is a drag slant. Um, he said, if I see it third and three and the formation is the same, he said, I'm just going to jump it. If they do something different, good for them. But usually they don't. That's how he made all his plays. And then when I turn on the light, the whole, the whole room looked like a – chemistry like a chemistry lab he wrote a game plan like within the game plan that's how you end up going to the hall of fame right yeah when you take us when you take no seriously though when you take a legit like a, a superstar athlete and he prepares like that
1: you get a hall of famer how many guys you played with that were so talented but they didn't really pop off on tape because they never did that next step of
2: that's research the, that's, and the that's the norm that's the norm. So there's a lot of guys that are just There's a lot of guys who don't know how. Yeah. if if anyone who hasn't who anyone who has been healthy and only played like 3 or 4 years. it's probably why. So it's
1: not a it's not a fit and physical thing. It's a more mental, you it would is, say. It is,
2: it is 100% mental. Oh yeah. You know, like when you say like hey, you know, that system doesn't fit his style. There's, I mean, you can adjust somebody but at the same time like it's it's about the preparation and study, man. Like that's tell you, that is that is abso- absolutely everything. Because what that did is it one hundred percent slowed the game down, you mm-hmm. know, because you because you know everything, you know, just like how you know all the gambling and odds and all that stuff. Like you can just rattle off, and it's second nature to you. When you study film like that, the game is second nature. So I got to the point where, okay, I'll go through a I'll go through a week on how I prepared right so let's say we just played sunday Mm. after the game if it's an away game i'll probably watch the game on the ipad on the plane if it's a home game i'll just go home and probably like chill out and i'll watch the the night games if we have a day game and then monday we'll come in we'll review the game as a team um and then we'll kind of like introduce the next team and so maybe I'll like look at a little bit of the next team, you know, just maybe more of the stats and the roster who's playing. And then Tuesdays are day off. But because I know the practice plan, Tuesday, I will watch first and second down only. And that's why? Because Wednesdays, that's what we're practicing. We're practicing first and second down on Wednesdays. So I will preview it. And that's usually your runs or play actions, right? Like for first and second down. So I will watch only that in advance just so I can get a step ahead for Wednesday. So then Wednesday we go through it. Then when I get home Wednesday, I usually come back to the facility because it's easy easy to watch film there. I'll come back at night. I I would review our Wednesdays and then I will watch third down only because on Thursday we're going to go over third down. So it's a complete third down practice. There's a whole practice dedicated just to third down? We'll review first second down a little bit, but it's dedicated to third down. Maybe some 2 minutes in there. So I will you know, or we'll preview or preview third down then thir- Thursday will come, third down, and we'll do third down all day. Then after practice, same thing, I will review um third down and then I will preview 2 minute red zone goal line short yardage. Because Friday, that's what we're going to do. And Friday's a shorter a shorter day. It's like a walkthrough? No, we have a full on because we got to get real live situations. We won't tackle, but it's, real, it's right. full speed. And then Friday, I'll probably review a little bit, but usually I'll either just chill or take you know the kids out, take my wife out to dinner or something like that. And then when Saturday comes, I'll watch full games. And by then, we'll probably have the call sheet solidified. So I'll watch full games and I'll match. I'll call a game myself. So first, okay, it's first down. What are we calling on first down? Okay, we're probably going to call this, you know, we probably base personnel, probably going to run the ball, depending on who we're playing. If we're playing the Chargers. We're going to come in nickel. And so I'll play a full game. I'll probably watch like three or four of the recent games, watch full games, and then therefore when Sunday comes, I already play the game. And so it's like Sunday's the – that, the week is the hardest part. Sunday is the fun part because I already, I already played the game. I already saw everything everyone was going to do. Yeah, you still need to execute, but it took stress off of me because a famous quote, I remember D'Angelo Hall told me that, I think it was Kevin Mathis said, he said, D'Angelo Hall, you're a rookie and you run, apparently you run a 4-1. And Hall was like, yeah, I do. And he said, he said, but I guarantee you, Kevin said this to D'Angelo Hall, he said, I guarantee you I can get to this spot before you can because I know the plays come in. Mm. he said that's film study and i was like Psh. yeah
1: i mean that blew my mind just hearing all that a whole day like just for first and second down and then for third down too so then you end up playing in a super bowl i was in attendance for oh that i too. didn't
2: even mention individual matchups mm. yeah so studying players so like, where does where does that fit in so that i i add that in every time i watch a, a situation so like when i in 2015 i was in washington every week I had a different matchup so one week I had Odell one week I had Julio one week I had Greg Olson one week I had you know whoever so not only I didn't plus I played everywhere mostly nickel but if I had a matchup I would watch the situation so I knew what was going on around me but I will also watch the players to know what he was doing so then when you end up playing in
1: a Super Bowl for the New York Giants I was in attendance too and uh how different is that layout since you do have two weeks to prepare does that change at all
2: yeah i mean you you practice hard the week before and then the, the week of you just you practice but you you're not going hard you just walk through but you're reviewing what you did so you have the real practice the week before and there's a lot of media and right there's a lot of media and stuff like that so and plus you want to be healthy so we we have the real practice all the situation stuff and then the week of we just review because we have mandatory media obligations and you don't want anybody getting hurt tell me a little bit about that 2011 season was that your favorite season that you played no god no
1: i mean despite
2: winning i will say that was my favorite like because of the playoff run because I got there late. I got there like towards the end of the season, like early, I think early November. Because I actually, when I got released from Green Bay in 2010, I remember my, I remember my wife woke up and was like, hey, I had a dream the Giants going to sign you. I'm like, "Yeah, right. I might go to sleep, you know. And sure enough, my agent called me like three hours later. and was like, hey, the Giants want to work you out. You know, you're going to go to New York. And this is 2010. So I go to New York and... I remember I was in my hotel and I think the Bengals were calling me and my agent was like yo the bangles are gonna call you he said do not answer the <laughs> <thing."> <laughs> he said don't he said because you're in New York I want you Giants it's a good situation especially if you like you pass your physical and work out so I remember I go to see the doctor my knee was like jacked up like really bad from tearing it the previous year and I remember the doctor was like moving my ACL he was like dude your knee's like not fully healed like it's not intact he said but because I like you, he said, I'm going to let you work out. Mm-hmm. He, he cleared me, even though I straight up failed the physical. How'd you get hurt? Just making a cut versus the Vikings in the Metrodome. Boom, tore ACL, MCL, and meniscus. All Man, that stuff. The whole, the whole deal. The whole yeah, the whole deal. Um, and so it was a struggle to come back, which is why I got cut, because I was never healthy, you know, which is another crazy part about the NFL. And especially, like, they did the surgery, they did the rehab, and I still didn't recover. So, so I failed my physical, but I still go work. For, I still go workout for New York, and by the grace of God, I felt good during that workout. So it was me, a couple like scouts throwing the football. It was in, in Dave Gettleman, and I ended up with one leg ran a four five eight, and did the drills. And Dave signed me on the spot. How different was your run when you came out? Oh, yeah. I ran. I ran a four one, 2 legs. So, but I, I tried to train and I signed me on the spot. Remember we played Seattle in Seattle that year. I had a couple good returns. And then as the year went on, my knee just like fell apart and just my leg wasn't working, couldn't use it. But this is why I hold the Giants in high regard. I do because I remember, so when I signed with the Giants, I signed a a waiver, meaning like, hey, if you get injured again, we're not responsible, right? And it was like a split in my contract too. So at the end of the year, I remember Dr. Ronnie Barnes, Byron, and I forget who else came in there. And they were like, look, I know we wrote this in the contract, but you really got to get your leg fixed. Mm -hmm. So right there, Ronnie ripped with the contract. He was like, pick any surgeon, pick any rehab place, even though, like, you're not part of the team anymore, like, pick, he said, we'll pay for it the whole time.
1: Is that uncommon?
2: That, that, I does not, from my knowledge, that does not happen. Seems like it wouldn't happen. So, no, honestly, and this is during the lockout year, too. Yeah, that's right, because the, I remember that was when Cam was a
1: rookie. Yeah. And he came in, and I'll never forget that first game, he plays the Cardinals and, like, broke the passing
2: record for a rookie. Right. And that was a short season. So that was a lockout. That was, it was before the, right when the lockout happened and every eric i picked my surgeon i went to Curlin job and he redid the whole the whole knee redid the whole thing sent the bill giants got it every time i went to a, my rehab giants got it i went to like 10 different doctors to get like different injections till i help my knee heal sent to new york they paid it they paid it all the way through until i don't know and i remember too when i left jerry reese um Former GM was like, Hey, here's my card. Like, let me know when you're ready. And they say, Sometimes they say it's courteous, but I was like, I'm gonna call you when I'm ready. And sure enough, 2011 came. Um, I got another surgery just to clean up some scar tissue. Giants took care of it again. And, and just keep in mind, this whole time, I am not a member of the New York Giants. I am a free agent, and they're paying for all my medical stuff, which they were not responsible for legally on the contract. And this is also before you even talked to them? This is after the first time I was with them. Got it. Yeah. Um, and then I called Jerry Reese. I said, "Hey, I'm ready to go." He was like, "Okay, I'll keep you on the short list." They brought me in, I think September for like a you know a cattle call workout. Like thirty guys came and worked out, and then he put me on the short list again. And then I think a bunch of guys, bunch of corners got hurt. That I think there was like 26 guys on IR when I went over there, and they called me and it was like, "Hey, we're gonna." They called me like on a something weird you know when someone calls you when it's a team because they will call you at like six o'clock in the morning because I'm on the west coast so I knew like okay if it's six o'clock in the morning it's a team. It's call them, team yeah yeah that's what happened when I went to Washington too they called me in a cracker down too so yeah Jerry Reese called and I was like we're going back to New York you know and I went there in the middle of like the losing streak that was going on and then we, I think we just dropped one to Washington we go to New Orleans to get our head beat in and then um yeah and then all of a sudden man but that team was cool because it was a bunch of just it was a bunch of just grown men on that team. You know, that's what made that team super cool. Is you, you look at any any room, the D B room, right? We had Antro Rowe, Deion Grant, like Corey Webster, like those are like the three like grown dudes, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, Aaron Ross, K P. And then you go to the linebackers, you know, obviously Chase you know he was a leader you know Jaquan was was he was a young buck on the team um you know you go to the I mean we had easily the best defensive line yeah. in terms of we had an eight-man rotation it's cr- you know you got Kiwanuka you had uh JPP you had OC young JPP you young J, young JPP and young um um Linville Joseph that's right Rocky Bernard and then you had tuck and tuck right we had an eight-man rotation yeah a, a the glory of, days the glory <laughs> days yeah and that's just our defense and offensively obviously we had runner backs with you know brandon the mod i mean you don't get more grown man crazy than that and our whole offensive line was legit we had grown receivers yeah like we had that we had a, the identity of a championship type of team and then we had a coach who he put it all on us coach coughlin he put it all on the play hit a leadership committee he's like look if there's any drama going on like you guys handle it if it's too big then you guys bring it to me and for the most part like the guys did handle it like our locker room was like look you get a line you might get beat up that type of deal and so yeah that team was big because everybody held everybody accountable there was so much arguing but it was like a family type of argument you know and but it because it was it was that close and so i really got to see Okay, that's what like a championship team, champion team really looks like. And I saw the year before because Green Bay won the year I got released, so I got to see that be built. But I got to see really what it took, and it was like everyone being unselfish. It's wild to me that you say that wasn't like your favorite year playing. Well, because I I had so much fun in Green Bay. Mm. Green Bay was fun. They also drafted you too, so that's like a soft spot. Or I wouldn't call it a soft spot. I just had, I legit had fun. Mm. That was just, like, it was out of control, just so much fun. Um, yeah, of course, it was, you know, not to just win a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl in New York. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's the dream right there because, you know, you get to go down in Manhattan, you know, the parade, it was just nuts. So everything gets elevated in New York. If you like, win in yeah. New York, dude, that's it, you're good. You are. You. It's a rite of passage once you win in New York. It's, like, cr- it's crazy, you know. Um, Think about, like, for as great as Odell has been,
1: if he don't make that catch Sunday night football against the Cowboys, as a Giant, right, he's still gonna be a great receiver, but not to the point where dude has the
2: most social media followers of anyone in the league. Dude, if you're if you're good, if you're really good on New York, you're good, mm. you're good. Yeah, and that's
1: for every sport too. Like they, you know what's crazy, man? They honor the '94 Knicks so much, they never won a championship though. They don't. But they honored them because they were great teams, conference finals, NBA finals. But it's just crazy to think they didn't even win. But they're still honored and held to that regard. So then when dude, you do win a championship. I was
2: just talking to my friends, my homeboys. I was like, what if Lynn, Lynn Sanity happened in Memphis? No one care. <laughs> It'd be just another dude just you know, on a winning streak. It'd be dope. It'd yeah. be cool. But Lynn, Lynn Sanity happened in New York. I mean, he went out two months. Two months. Yeah. Scorching. In New York, bust Kobe in New York. Yeah, drop thirty eight on Kobe in New York. For real, <laughs> man, Linsanity was a real thing. That was a real thing, but it, because it was in New York, so um, yeah. That, to your point, like it was cool, like to do that in, in New York. That was that was definitely like up there because the the year before Green Bay just won, mm-hmm. and I should have been part of that because I I helped build that team. I was there for the whole four year build rebuild that's right and then they go I got released that year and that year they went and won so for me to come back New York we actually went through Green Bay yep. to go to San Francisco that was pretty cool you know when uh when the Giants beat the Packers
1: and then that year I was stressing so much about playing the Saints because like you said before I, we did not want to go to New Orleans when the Niners beat them I started telling my boys yeah we go going to the Super Bowl like, we, oh, you gotta worry about the night I was like nah we don't got to go to New Orleans we man. did we're going not
2: to we did not want to go to New Orleans at all that was like peak new orleans too that like was the peak super dome Drew oh yeah he's
1: running wild
2: and then once like those safeties knocked out everybody that was that was the deal
1: nfl football is finally back and there is no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find nfl tickets anymore because tick pick that's t-i-c-k p-i-c-k is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I went to TickPick and I bought tickets from my parents to go watch the Eagles and Giants game my mom loves, loves, loves Michael Strahan, an all-time GOAT, a legend, a good legend, for the New York Giants, and they went there. Luckily, the Giants won that game, too. Always nice to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and they enjoyed it. The seats were dope, cheaper than other sites. It was awesome. It was the first time I used Tick Pick. and it was dope. I didn't get to experience it, but my parents did, and they loved it, and it was great. So... Visit TickPick.com slash VM today to save 10% on your first order of NFL tickets. That's TickPick.com slash VM today to save $10 on your first order of NFL tickets. And to make it even easier for you legends, just go to the bio of the episode. The link is right there. Man. Yo, I'm always fascinated by professional athletes. When
2: did, when did you know that you could go pro? Was there a part when my probably going into my sophomore year of college? Because I started making magazines. I was on like the cover like sporting news and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, OK, this is like this is legit. But before then, it, it, it was probably an end goal. You know, but- you
1: know
0: what it was? It was. I want. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: say it was really an end goal it was just more so like um like it was like one opportunity at a time because even when i was young i had no idea like i didn't know what, what football recruiting was like you know my best friend jamal's in here like we we never we never talked i never talked about like i want to go to the nfl i love football i was diehard football i always played football i never but i never talked about it and i never i knew nothing about like going to a, a private high school mm-hmm. his brother ended up going to the uh, high school I ended up going to uh, Bishop Hendrickson and that was a private school and a lot of guys went there um, to play against the best competition to you know get opportunities I knew nothing about that you know I knew nothing about playing college football I didn't even know how it worked and until my brother he was a student at Boston College and his roommate was a graduate assistant and he told me about this camp I go to the camp and all of a sudden I got people talking to me like hey you know you read my mind I was gonna ask you how you ended up at BC yeah and that's I had people talking to me and I had no idea how it worked and BC was my very first offer they helped me when I was like 14 years old Damn. and then the rest was history now I got I got to learn it because they're like who the hell is this kid from Rhode Island that BC just offered you know so that's kind of what it was for me so my point is like every time I was like oh okay I got an offer from BC all right, now it's like, this is what it's like. Okay, I'm D1 worthy, you know. And then same thing when I was in college, I just, I didn't, I knew like Will Green. I knew him, you know. I knew he was like a first-run pick. He was legit, and I got to know him pretty well. But other than that, I didn't know anything. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, I started getting talked about in magazines, and that's why I was like, okay, there's is am getting talked about. And then my junior year, that's when agents start contacting you and I was like oh damn that's legit and then once I saw like you can get you can like fill out a petition to see like what your insurance is that covers and if it's like you know somewhere north of a million that's kind of like okay that's what you're valued at then I was like okay I'm I'm definitely getting drafted now so every time it was like a process I always hear
1: about those insurance policies yeah
2: so that's like an indicator to understand what your value is to it it kind of is yeah it kind of is if it's like if it's north of a million then you're probably going to get drafted that's that's a good chance because that's where you're valued at you know so guys kind of use that too the should i come out this year or not that's why you see
1: some dudes go back to school because their value might not be that high probably interesting Huh? i always hear about those numbers man especially when like a guy gets hurt and they talk about the insurance policies and all that. Right. I didn't know it was that severe. And yeah, <laughs> that legit.
2: Yeah. Yo, what's it like transitioning into the second part of your career now with the it's media? It's the hardest thing in the world because you. I've done something. I've done one thing my whole life. I played football from ages 6 to like 36. That's all I ever did. My whole, my whole schedule was planned out for me. It was booked. I knew. I knew what tomorrow was going to be. Mm -hmm. i couldn't control tomorrow but i knew tomorrow i knew i knew who i was gonna play next year you know um like i knew that where now it's like okay i have to i gotta make my own schedule you know i run my own business i gotta do this i gotta do that it's it's just different so the adjustment is hard but i had a i would say i had a smooth transition because i already had stuff lined up ready to go so i've been very very fortunate for that where i would say the majority is hard because it's literally like taking the hamster off the wheel because they're like a lot of guys struggle because they don't know what's next, and it's not even a matter of like what's next. It's it's what else am I going to be passionate about? You know, I played football because that was that was I was passionate. I loved it, and I put everything into it. So for me, it was more so like I want to find something else that I'm gonna be passionate about. that I want to give my own. to. I don't want to just do anything. Like effort, did I want to go coach at first? Probably not. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really want to coach. You know. I started doing some studio stuff in TV and I was like ah this is fun but it doesn't like excite you it doesn't like it's exciting but it doesn't like move me like football did you know um yeah because you said with football you thought about it the next day and you were
1: looking forward to it so maybe like with the media at first you probably weren't as
2: intrigued but it grew on you no it grew on me because I eventually eventually I found a lane. you know I obviously I, I thrived in the whole wine space uh, doing that that's something I am super passionate about and then I, I got to uh, my mind is like more creative type I kind of want to be able to do like what I want to do and talk what I want to talk about and so when the when the blue wire opportunity came that was kind of like okay this is it you know I get to I get to run you know point guard you know and then also have a shooting guard you know what I'm saying like like that's what's cool to to do that so all those opportunities helped me like get to like have me understand like what land I want to be in and so to do that and then also I want to call games mm. and I started doing that I called a game recently uh, a Mountain West game and to, that's how I watch TV right so I'm like if I watch TV like that I want to call games like that so how far into your career did you start thinking about doing these
1: spots for media like was it was towards the tail end but how much of that was
2: on your like no i wouldn't say that i would say number one what helped me was i interviewed well and i was i wasn't a jerk to any any reporters Mm. good game bad game any question get whatever it is get moss you know the odell catch like anything i'll talk about anything and i gave them the time of day and i gave everyone a point i spoke the whole time i was clear regardless i was super chill to everyone i was nice to everyone and working with you too man with upsets and underdogs i can see that too like your whole like setup is just laid back low-key yeah and, and let's discuss it because i feel like too like that's my opportunity to get the message right mm-hmm. if i'm like if they're like oh what happened i'm like uh whatever he just made a good play it's dismissive no we're not well it's dismissive but also it leaves that's just one sentence that i put into the article they got to fill out the rest yeah so let me give them majority of the paragraph and they fill out the one sentence so now the article is written how i want it how i want it to because it it literally came from me i gave them a full soundbite of what happened you know where they're like them because honestly if people don't i'm thinking about i'm literally i'm thinking about this as we're talking you know i didn't realize that was my strategy but i was doing that Because think Mm. about it, if you're doing an interview, you have a deadline, you got to write whatever, let's say a thousand words, two thousand words. If you get an interview and somebody gives you, Marshawn Lynch, if someone gives you, like, but he's different though, he's a different because it is what it is with him. He's funny. If I gave you, like, at least 80, you know, 850 words of your thousand word thing, I helped you, you know? And so I would do a lot of, like, local stuff too, local radio, local TV, a lot of things like that. And so I just built a relationship from day one on. So then when I actually the first person, one of the people that I, I built a relationship with when he was a beat writer was Garofalo, when he was a beat writer for the Giants. So when I was done playing, the first person, I got a call from Fox, and it was a recommendation from my Garofalo. He was like, hey, you guys need a." Uh, give will uh, an audition he, like he, he'll be good on tv not burning bridges ne- never burn bridges yeah that's one thing that i've noticed And like because it's pointless you know you should, you should first of all you never know but why burn bridges is pointless because yeah. you just never know yeah there's one
1: thing i want to talk to you about also is uh your love for boxing is that another passion of yours because i'm a big mma guy and i always see you tweeting more about you indulging in ufc
2: but I feel like I would define you as a boxing guy yeah I here's the thing I I loved UFC and loved, I loved you said well, What changed? I, no I, st- I still like UFC but I loved it when you know the the 205 and 185 was like lit you so know like John Jones and Anderson even even you, further back you know we could say even when like you know it was Chuck and Tito and early stages yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. know but what changed the up? gsp bj you know bj Penn wars i know that's a little lighter but what changed is connor messed it up for me dang connor McGregor messed it up for me i don't know if it's a
1: polarizing take but i do feel like a lot of people feel no, that the way reason, about no, connor the,
2: no the reason why connor messed it up for me because connor is supposed to be the one he's supposed to be the guy he's been the guy though no but he's he's supposed to still be the guy Connor should never have lost to anyone ever and it's always because it's it's up and down for him you know it's up and down I feel like he outgrew the sport
1: like Connor outgrew MMA and UFC and that's why he started doing the boxing thing and there's that old I think it's Hagler said it's hard for you to wake up at 5 a.m and silk silk pajamas it is hard it is it so that's probably what happened with him when Mayweather
2: throws what is that nine figures at him it is hard but but that's a, but that's what I'm saying though but Mayweather gets nine figures and he can do that still. Very fair. He can still get up like you look at you look at other sports like Tom Brady has 7 rings and he's still pissed off. And still wants to get more. And is upset when he doesn't have a good practice. You know what I'm saying? It's like all these all these like great ones they just they just need a reason. Mm. they just need a reason and they want to obliterate everybody and really separate themselves and it's almost like disappointed because i think connor it kind should have been that guy and he made it cool i was like okay yes connor's here especially like when you know his story too right you know that's why people got behind them too yeah that's why i got behind him that's why i got behind dustin dustin came from the gutter too yeah like i watched his documentary fight phil a long time ago before he got to where he was and so that's kind of what it was for me. But boxing, it, I mean, it started, again, my boy Jamal is here. started childhood, man. <laughs> it, it was actually his family that used to get all the big fights, all the big heavyweight fights back in the day. Um, all the Tysons, all the Riddick Bowles, all the Lennox Lewis, like all those. And we would all get up and we would go to his house. And we started watching boxing. So it was more of like tradition where we always did that. So it got to the point where it was like just tradition for me to always watch big fights, even if I wasn't like huge, you know, breaking it down, and I just always stuck with watching big fights, and then it just growing me to like really like learn and try to break it down. I'm I'm just a massive fan, and that's how I watch it. Yeah, there's always there's always conversations about like boxing is
1: dying and boxing isn't a draw, and then you see some of the purses that these guys make. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you yeah.
2: you guys may get bored watching it on the film, but then you see these guys are getting
1: broke off the thing about boxing though i feel like i'm more captivated by the main event in boxing whereas ufc i went i went to ufc in madison square garden we were there for the first fights like there's something about mma and i don't know if it's because there's more ways that you could finish there's like submissions and there's head yeah you don't know you don't know so that makes it more why am i interested in this dude making his debut fight against this other guy who's on a three fight losing streak but there's something that's captivating about mma where like with boxing yeah i'll tune into canelo or with tank those guys ryan garcia too that have the big name appeal but i'm not watching a dude that i haven't heard of whereas in mma I'm right like those on,
2: yeah and that's a, i would say that is for mma there's you're more you're more attached to more people because you see you see the cycle between you know the Bellator and u f c and plus there's there's not there's only a few belts
1: that's my biggest complaint about boxing yeah
2: boxing there's so many governing bodies there's so many belts there's so many things there's so much control, and that is that part is annoying, but yeah in u f c you just have you know and, who the one seventy is and legit in u f c like if you you can get caught tripping because there's so many ways to get finished, you get caught just that small then you're done you know where boxing a guy can can maybe maybe not be at his best and you hope the other guy's not at his best either yeah i think the the dynamic of there being more
1: ways that you could finish is what makes ufc to me at least more compelling
2: right so but i also love the fact that boxing you you know the guy can only do one thing so it makes it more of a strategic chess match because mm-hmm. you legit you know we're just punching there's only so many punches you can throw. But don't you think
1: it'd be more difficult for you to have to prepare for all the other stuff that MMA has to bring?
2: Got my shoot. Got my throw a head kick. He might, yeah. But you know those things. But then, but then you you find out whatever he's not good at, and you try to dominate that portion of the fight. Yeah. Where boxing, it's one thing. You and everyone's know, a master at that one thing. That's a good point. Yeah, a everyone's point. a
1: master at that one thing. Yeah, because you always see it in, in MMA. You'll see, like, you're a boxer. I'm a wrestler. If I take it to the ground, it's probably it's quiet a, for you. It's, it's done. Yeah. Right.
2: Like, okay, that reminds me of, you know, who was it? Um, like, BJ Penn was a good striker. Yeah. Right? And GSP just put him on his back the whole time. And his strategy was, he was like, I'll put him because he's Because he said, because he's a good striker, I'll put him on his back. He said all the blood were rust to his shoulders. and He's going to throw heavy, light like, punches. They're not going to sting. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And then you'll see people get mauled. Mm-hmm. Like Clarissa Shields, when she fought her first MMA battle, she's a boxer. Lady had her back the whole time. The whole fight. And eventually, she got up and finished her. Right. But, yeah, you can just eliminate something that they're good at. Boxing, no. You got to throw hands. Yeah. Man i'm uh i'm
1: i'm definitely more of an mma guy though no
2: that's and that's fair
1: what do you think is uh the future of boxing moving forward because there's a lot of guys especially like the lighter weight classes that are starting to make more noise yeah that no, are big draws no, too. The,
2: the lightweight is is for sure you know you got obviously you got like i said Teofoma, he lost but you got combosis you got haney you got garcia you got does it bother Mom you that Sheiko? those
1: dudes don't like, the, the last thing I want to say about boxing, bro, is like... Like, they don't fight
2: each other? Yeah, man. You know, because it's, everyone is strategic. Everyone's managers want to find a way to keep making money, keep making money, keep making money. Because the thing is, apparently, if, like, if you get two undefeated fighters at the right time, it's going to be a huge purse. So it's not even so much about, like, them making money. It's the fact that their managers are strategically placing these fights in such an order so that they can capitalize on the most. Because it is all about money. It is. That's why you're hear, It's you know. Rarely you'll see a fighter like, hey, I want this guy. You know, like Canelo, he calls his shots now. He's like, I want. He's I want Triple G. Let's do it. You know. Even, you know who's not afraid of anybody. Pacquiao will fight anyone on earth. Yeah. But what's he say? Let me talk to my promoter. <laughs> right. You got to answer. Go yeah. talk to Bob. Pacquiao will fight anyone on earth. But after every fight he goes you gotta talk to bob
1: yeah we're like the the ufc you kind of it's like next in line you got contenders but that's probably because it's all under one umbrella it's, so it's easier well, to, dan
2: is full control yeah which people don't like either the, the pay's bad compared to
1: what these right. boxes when he like. took
2: when he took away their sponsors that was a rat. yeah yeah
1: dude we gotta wind this down we're uh over the time <laughs>
2: I know. We got to go. Yeah,
1: but yo, this was fun, man. It was also nice to meet you this weekend for the first time. You yeah, know, in can... person,
2: no doubt. I know we were thirty episodes in, and we finally hung out. Now. Yeah. And
1: I've learned a lot from you, and and I appreciate you, man, because you helped a lot of things, you know, play off of me. I don't gotta wake up anymore at three in the morning to flip eggs. So a lot of that was because I'm doing the <laughs> show with you. So <laughs> no I doubt, appreciate man. you.
2: No doubt. Where can they find you on social media? At Will Blackman, everywhere. A lot of wine, right? Lots of wine. I have wine in about an hour. <laughs>
1: we'll catch you guys next time. Can't let it drop me, spill. Clogging the lane, I'm filling the stream, I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in
0: the cup paying property bills. Got it. Got it.